0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Rail. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic, Joe Fordyce. Joe, the Flyers are 2-2-0 on this five-game homestand. They've picked up a couple of important wins because everyone knows how much they were losing before those wins. So do you feel like you're starting to see some signs of growth here from the Flyers? uh, Them starting to maybe stem the tide a little bit, or do you think this could be a long season? Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at bite.com. That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Well, I still think it's a long season, but that I don't think that means you can't find any signs of growth. And I feel like last night, in particular against Colorado, was a sign of growth because of a, a, a few things. One, um... John Tortorella went on yesterday morning talking about how the team had a chance to bail their goalie out the game before when he didn't have his best game. And last night they came out and they played well in front of the goalie and the goalie played well. So they're they're, both parts of the team sort of answer the bell. Uh, And then in the first period, and I, I understand this is a shorthanded Colorado team in the first period McKinnon was still out there. Um, Newhook sco- uh, Alex Newhook scores the power play goal. Kale um, McCarr does his thing, gets the puck on net, they score, and it starts to look like, here we go. And then the Flyers score two goals. And it changes the whole feel of the game for the rest of the game. And these are things that were not happening during the 10-game winless streak. They weren't happening on Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, It was wait, hang in there, and then have things fall apart in a five to six minute sequence of the game where they just can't hold the other team off. And that didn't happen last night. And that, to me, is a sign of growth. Um, When you answer and you don't sort of get down and just kind of let the game get away from you and, and you answer back, not only answer back and tie it, answer back and take the lead and then don't surrender it. Harry at the end of the game last night, but I say amazingly because this team doesn't score a lot, but amazingly they were up by enough goals where um, sort of ironic the day that John Tortorella talked yesterday, and not that he hasn't mentioned this before, but specifically yesterday morning, talks about how this team can't absorb that many mistakes. And then last night they were actually able to absorb mistakes very late in that game and preserve a win. It was just kind of funny, but generally you're not going to be getting five goals out of this team. And that's not going to be the case, but last night it was. So, yeah, I think there are definitely some building building blocks. In no way am I feeling different about where this team is in terms of anything having to do with the standings. But I do see signs of growth, yes.
0: It was interesting when Owen Tippett scored the power play goal to make it 4-1 last night. I remember thinking, like, this team can never have enough insurance. They're like, score as many as possible in order to get this win. Turned out that goal was incredibly important. Uh, if he doesn't score that goal to tie game rather than a 4-3 lead as Colorado was making that push. Yeah, Joe, I definitely have seen some signs of growth. Do I think this could be a long season? Sure. I didn't think they will be a playoff team. I figured they'd be in like the 75, 77 point range, which would be an improvement from last year. But there's a lot of things you can take from the homestand. And you know what? The Flyers very much are in a spot where they should be looking for moral victories. Like this homestand hasn't been easy. There's been a ton of tough teams. The Devils are one of the best teams in hockey. The Lightning have two championships in the last three years. The Islanders have been a pain in the Flyers' side for a long time, and they're good this year. Uh, and then you have the Avalanche, the defending champs. It's no This homestand has been no joke, and they're 2-2-0, and and they really outplayed the Devils for a good majority of that game that they lost until it unraveled in the third period. Carter Hart, who's been their best player, makes one mistake, and unfortunately the Flyers are in a spot where if they make a mistake, it tends to cost them the game. Uh, it did not against Colorado because they actually scored some goals, but so I've seen some signs of growth, some good things. I think, uh, last year or the year before this, where they deal with some injuries and they face a top team, there's a chance the game unravels or they get blown out, at least in one of these, you haven't really seen it. Uh, they got kind of dominated by the lightning, uh, for one period, but the game stayed semi in reach. Uh, and it wasn't a total embarrassment in my mind. Um, But for the most part, I've seen signs of growth. I think some things the Flyers can put their hands on and say, hey, that's good. This is good. We can work off of this. Uh, So John Tortorello is doing some some positive things where he's keeping them in games. He's making them work hard. And they're uh, they're understanding kind of who they are. They're not going to score goals, but if they play hard and they play with structure, they have a chance. And uh, those are signs of growth for a team that was a mess last year, Gave has given up way too many goals over the past two seasons. Uh, they're cutting down on that, and that's what I expected for them to shoot for. I didn't think they would score a ton of goals, but I expected them to cut down on their goals against and at least try to find structure and identity. I feel like they're starting to get it a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. They they um, and, and the other thing, too, is you talk about uh, – John Tortorella focused, and I mean, he was asked about it, but talked about how Tony D'Angelo has struggled yesterday morning at the um, at morning skate. He talked about how D'Angelo struggled a little bit with his game, struggled with getting out of that structure thing. And then what happens last night? D'Angelo has a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're seeing players responding to this. Uh, the coaching at both as a whole and guys individually who, who Tortorella kind of, I don't want to say calls out because in many cases he's being asked about these guys individually and says what he thinks. And then those guys answer the bell, which I I, it's for a team that's in a spot that they're in that is um, it's impressive and it's needed Um, particularly from guys like D'Angelo who are veterans And um, because it's you're kind of paving the way and and setting example for the younger players on this team um, when you do that. And and I really think that that's, you know, that's I I don't want to say the identity of this team is answering the coach's criticism, but it's 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 a, a team that needs to take the coach's message because they're not going to play the way he wants every night. They're just not. They're too young. They're, they're And quite frankly, they just don't have enough talent to play the way he wants every night. But when you see these instances of, okay, this game we struggled with this, and then the next game they don't struggle with it, and maybe the next three games they don't struggle with it. Um, there's been stretches this year where we've heard John Tortorella say things like, our last few games, we had really good structure and then got away from us. And that's going to happen with a young team. Mm-hmm. But if they can get back to it, you're going to have the ups and downs because of the way this team's constructed. But if they can get back to it when coached, I think that's the sign of a team that um, that's learning under their coach and developing an identity. And that's what I think this team is in the midst of right now.
0: Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Seeing a response is definitely a good sign from a young team. You know there's going to be bad games. There's going to be a clunker. There's going to be a bad period or two strung together. But how do they respond? Can they not let it linger? We saw it grow into a 10-game losing streak recently. Uh, but but most recently, I think you're seeing the team respond uh, when it's challenged or respond when it has uh, a bad stretch. And that's definitely a positive sign. Joe, I thought a positive sign too, if we're staying on the positive theme here, is Carter Hart. I, I feel like he's growing up. I feel like he's uh, showing maturity. 24 years old, he makes one bad mistake in the devil's loss, and he totally puts the loss on his shoulders. I thought that took a lot out of him. I, I, you know ac- Accountability, it was good to see. And then he responds. He he beats the Avalanche. Has a pretty good game overall. Um, he is the most important player to this whole thing, I think, to the present and to the future. So when you're seeing that from Carter Hart, uh, I feel like that's a major deal. That's the one thing I think the Flyers really do have going for him. I talked to Scott Lawton um, the other day just about the buzzwords rebuild, retool. How does that, you know, how does that uh, in his mind? How does that make him feel? And do you do you think you can maybe guys can turn around things quickly? Can you get this fixed quickly and maybe make something this season? He said we had the goalie for it, and I thought that was true. They do have a twenty-four-year-old that's very good at the most important position. Uh, what have you seen from Carter Hart, and uh, do, do you see positives in his game?
1: Yeah, well, well, let's take last night for example, and and I kind of alluded to this earlier. How you know he took the blame for the loss the other night against the Devils. John Tortorella said it was more of an opportunity for the rest of the team to bail him out, and they didn't do it. And he didn't really lay into Carter. He, he's been the first guy to come out and uh, defend his goalie when needed this season. And uh, and then Carter answers with that game last night. And, and, and really, what was interesting last night is he had to make – some several 10 bell saves yeah and i kind of felt like that went under the radar because the Flyers scored a lot of goals yeah and that's not really something that's been the regular this year and then you know they scored a bunch of goals and and kind of underscored these ridiculous safes that carter Hart had to make last night going side to side breakaways all these different um challenges that he was met with and he was there every time to answer it particularly after giving up an early goal so you have a bad game like he had saturday then he gives up a really early goal you're playing the defending champs that's a situation where we could see you know you could see things getting bad in a hurry and they don't and he hangs in there and really is i don't want to say coasting through the game because i don't think he was he had to make saves but he he was calm cool and collected until the last kind of furious minutes where, you know, the play in front of him broke down on two different occasions and gave, you know, if you're going to leave most of Colorado's players. If you're going to leave them in the slot wide open to get a shot, they're going to score. And that's what happened late. And, um, you know, that happens. But for the, you know, 50, what, seven minutes of the game last night, uh, he was the Flyers' best player on the ice and i don't think it was particularly close and that's what this team needs and last night they scored for him which makes it even better so you know i I, when you say growth i i think back to a guy that we always talk about his demeanor right like late a couple years ago we saw this demeanor where he would come out and talk after games and games in particular where he struggled and he looked lost i don't I don't see that anymore. He's one of the more confident players you see on this team. And if, if you took a snapshot of him talking after any given game, I don't think you could tell what the result of the game was. It's even. And that's a good thing, particularly in that position, um, one of the more pressure-packed positions in all of sports, let alone just hockey. So, um, so yeah, I, that that's impressive to me. And I do think it helps that this coach – is very much in the corner of Carter. He, he gives him credit. And uh, I'm not gonna knock Elaine Vigneault, but Elaine Vigneault didn't do that. He just didn't do it. And, you know, seemed at times very reluctant to give Carter hard credit. So um, I'm sure that's good for a young goaltender for sure.
0: He has been very stoic too after games. It's, it's a great point, Joe. Uh, it's tough to tell whether they won or the loss when you're looking at him. And that's, I think, a very good sign for a kid that's 24 and playing the most important position where there's crazy highs, crazy lows. Uh, he's very even keeled. And I think he's just in a better headspace right now uh, compared to the last two seasons. Uh, so good signs there for sure.
1: And I think, Jordan, too, knowing that this coach's style is to help him out. Yeah. I think is a huge factor because I don't think he knew that in the last few seasons. Mm -hmm. I think it was like, okay, we're going to come out here tonight and I'm going to be eating pucks again all night. Mm -hmm. And, and quite frankly, that's what he was doing every night that he went out, you know, the amount of shots he was facing just over and over. And it was, I mean, it has to be an overwhelming feeling when you know, I mean, you're going to be on an island for all intents and purposes for major portions of games, just, and it's all on you. Whereas this coach's style and the structure is to make the game easier on the goalie, and Carter knows that. And I think that that support system has to be a big factor in his confidence, demeanor, and just everything about his game.
0: Last season, the last time the Flyers played the avalanche and the last time Carter Hart sold the avalanche, was in Colorado, and Hart faced 50-plus shots. Uh, I may be a little off here, but I think it was 55 shots. He stopped, I think, 49 of them, 48, 49 of them in that range. Uh, He just got obliterated by shots. It was a crazy game. This year, he faces 32 shots. I know the Avalanche are banged up. They only had Nathan McKinnon for a portion of the first period. But still, there's some firepower on that team. They're the champs. And the Flyers cut down that shot total by 20-plus. Uh, so, yeah, different team under a different coach that absolutely wants to make life easier on his goalie, give his goalie a chance to stop the puck. But I do feel like that game was probably the most highlight-real type of game we've seen from Carter Hart. The, the saves were, were uh, no easy ones. They were legit and uh, ones that really kept the Flyers in it and gave them a chance to build that lead, which is important.
1: Right. And you still had the Avalanche doing what they do. I know the forwards necessarily weren't there, but you still had Makar at the point. You still had Devin Taves at the point. You still had Eric John. Like their normal defensemen were there and they were doing what they do. And the Flyers and Carter Hart were able to fend it off. I understand you didn't have McKinnon blazing up the middle of the ice, you know, you know, um, and they're missing a few other guys, but they they did still have their power play guys in Taves and McCarr out there. And, you know, anytime you can keep those guys at bay, particularly when McCarr factors in a goal that early in a game, um, it, to me, it's impressive.
0: Mm-hmm. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Joe, shifting gears a little bit to the big picture here. Uh, I think a lot of people, Flyers fans and others that are follow the team, kind of roll their eyes right now whenever the Flyers talk about playoffs. If Chuck Fletcher, you know, at his quarter mark address Mentioned the team being five points out of a wild card spot, and I think a lot of people kind of scoffed at that. Tony D'Angelo last night talks about the Eastern Conference not having a crazy hill to climb, that they feel like the Flyers can kind of stay in it. Whether that's realistic or not, does that bother you? Does that bother you that the Flyers sometimes are talking about playoffs? um, They're sticking to the positives and, and maybe thinking a little bit outside of maybe reality? Does it bother you? What do you think?
1: uh i I don't think it bothers me because as a player you're not going to get players in any sport to just say yeah you know we're just kind of here going through the motions i mean nobody says that and if they did say it you don't want them to be part of your team Mm -hmm. so it doesn't bother me when players uh when players talk about it um you know chuck fletcher I, i that was interesting to me that that was that he went that route In that um, discussion the other day, Uh, I I was kind of surprised to hear him say that. But if you're asking me whether it bothers me, no, it doesn't bother me. Because, I mean, really all he was saying are facts. And, I mean, he didn't come out there and say, well, our team's right in the thick of it with the top teams in the Eastern Conference. If he said that, then we would start, you know, that's a little ridiculous, but to mention there are only a few points out right now, I, I don't think that's... It, I don't know why it would bother somebody, but, you know, the Twitterverse gets bothered by everything, so I'm not surprised that people are bothered by it, and then you have the other faction of people that want them to lose to get the number one pick, so there's you get the mixture of opinions and... Reasons why those uh, you know opinions are formed. So I understand why, but on the surface, I'm not sitting here. I can't believe they're talking about the playoffs because it, Tony D'Angelo is on a two year contract here. So you know, do you think he's thinking about uh, Connor Bedard and um, what if we get the number one pick and all this kind of stuff? Because he doesn't know if he's going to be here in two years. So he needs to play for the next contract and you know what of course he's going to think about the playoffs any player on any team that's is going to say things like that so you know and quite frankly too in this room he's a veteran and it's a it, it's a it's a leadership type thing to say that you believe in The guys that are in the room with you and so i don't have any problem with it and i i think from a player's perspective i think it's a good thing
0: likewise i don't have a problem with it uh players should be aiming for the playoffs whether they're on a team that's rebuilding or whether they're a team obviously that's in contention you should aim for the playoffs that's something you play for so uh if the flyers want to keep their eye on the standings a little bit and and feel like that's within reach i don't have a problem with it i I think it would be bad if they honestly accepted that they're growing and rebuilding and that this isn't a possibility. So that's a good thing if, if, the, if the players think that on the roster. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher, you know, I think a lot of people picked out that one quote in a, in a pretty long interview where for the majority of the interview, he talked about being more competitive this year and building it, from the foundation and, and growing under Tortorella and establishing the identity and, and playing young players. He talked a lot about rebuild type of things without saying the word rebuild. And then people picked the one quote where he says, hey, we're five points out of a wild card spot. So I do think that got blown up a little bit out of proportion. Uh, yeah, maybe it bothers people because it's the GM and they want him to be more realistic about where the team stands. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to be like, hey, wow, Like, why did he say that? But at the same time, it was a fact, and that's what hockey people do. I mean, they don't like to concede much. They, they want to be competitive in the present. Uh, they're, the Flyers are not naive to how long this could take. The, the coach has said it publicly publicly that it's going to take a while, and this could take years. Uh, so not shying away from that. But the December had just started, and, yeah, the season's still very long, and they had a nice little start to the year. I don't think there's a terrible, you know. I don't think there's a terrible thing that the GM says, "Hey, we're we're looking to stay in it." Like it's,
1: you know, I well, think from his perspective, he put the team together, so yeah. you know, it, it's kind of like his uh, his future and sort of his resume is at stake with the roster that's here. So, I mean, if you come out and you start saying our roster is terrible and we can't compete with these teams. I mean, that's the roster he put together. He's not going to say that. Yeah. You know, uh, he can't say that. No GM in history has come out and said that about a roster that they put together. So I think I, I think people's opinions get a little bit out of control sometimes with, you know, press conferences and, and media availabilities are not like these continuous stream of thoughts like social media is where it's just people think something and they just put it out there. That's not the way guys handle press conferences. That's why there's PR staffs on these teams and you know why people, why these guys get prepped before they go talk to the media. They're, they're not just going to come out there and say, we made a mistake signing this guy and we shouldn't have done this. And uh, how about this move? And this move blew up in our face and we shouldn't given that guy this contract. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So What they do is they strategically support the moves that they made and hope that that plays out in front of them because, quite frankly, it's their livelihoods at stake with the team they put together. So, we, you know, if if anybody wants to overreact and say, well, why didn't Chuck Fletcher say this, this, and this, go back and find a GM in the history of this game that has come out and said, we screwed this up, we gave this bad contract out, and we never should have signed this player. It doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, GMs tend to stay positive. They tend to keep things in perspective, especially in public settings. I mean, behind the scenes, the Flyers very much could be looking at things and saying, yes, we we have a long way to go, and we're going to build it with youth, and we're going to be patient here. But in a public setting, they're going to stay the course. And 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 I just don't get the point of waving the white flag in December. Like, if if you are mathematically still somewhat in the mix, then why not? Like, who cares if he said we're five points out of a wild card spot? He's just being realistic. I'm not here, like, defending everything Chuck Fletcher has done. It just didn't bother me that much that he he mentioned the wild card. And if anything, it sends a good message to his roster that the GM, you know, the guy at the highest point of the team, president GM of the team, is saying, hey, I think we can be competitive. We can stay in this thing. Uh, it, It shows a sign of belief to the roster, uh, and I think that's a good thing. You want these guys playing to be a part of the solution, not thinking, well, this is a this is a bad team and I know it's playing for a draft pick. Like no, have it so, you can win.
1: Yeah, and I'm taking a look at the standings right now. So they're 6 points out of a wild card after mm-hmm. last night's game. And they're 5 points from having the worst um the, the worst point total in the East. Mm-hmm. Cuz Columbus is worst and they have 18 points and the Flyers have 23. So for everybody that's all worked up about that, I mean, they're closer to the bottom than they are the wild card. So I think Chuck's point and Tony D'Angelo's point last night is just this. Look at how close. I mean, 11 points separate the last team in the East and the, and the last wild card. Mm-hmm. So it's a competitive conference right now. So maybe the point is just that, I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's everything isn't always. We're in this uh, society now that everything gets blown up into it. It's, it either means this or it means this, but sometimes it can just mean what's in front of you. And I think this is the case when you look at these standings.
0: Yeah, and that and that shows you just. Well, it's early. It, it, the standings stay somewhat together when it's early. So I think the Flyers are just saying what it is. It's early, and they're not going to uh, wave the white flag on the season until you know, maybe it, it's literally being waved itself because w- where the Flyers are record-wise. But Right, and sure. listen
1: to this coach talk after every game. Do you think yes. he's ready to wave a, any white flag? I don't think he yeah. took this job to wave white flags. So um, for anybody that's expecting that – or sort of like wishing for it, hoping that they get the number one pick. Uh, this is the wrong coach to have that sort of mindset. Yeah. And we knew that coming in. It's not like it, I'm not breaking news to anyone.
0: Yeah, and the Flyers bottomed out last year. So they got to start trying to go somewhat in a direction forward. Uh, you can't – you know, like maybe people want them to bottom out again. I don't know. That's probably – some people are probably thinking that because of Connor Berdard and the draft. But – uh John Tortorella is brought in to put them in a decent direction, get them building uh, and not be- going backwards. That's for sure. But this homestand will wrap up on Wednesday. We'll have the game on NBC Sports Philadelphia against the Capitals, catch pregame live and postgame live produced by Joe Fordyce. The team then hit- heads on a road trip. We'll have this all covered on Flyers Talk, and Joe will have it covered on pre and postgame live. Joe Fordyce, thanks so much.
1: I do want to. I did want to mention to, to yeah. our, our new host, Ashlyn Sullivan, Made her debut um, uh, the end of last week. She's done three shows. She's done a great job. So we have a good team, our team in place now. Um, So, uh, yeah, check out pre and post for all these games upcoming.
0: Yeah, welcome Ashlyn Sullivan. She's been awesome. I know Joe is really enjoying working with her. And uh, Joe, I'm hoping we can probably have her on the podcast soon whenever she's kind of settled in and uh, let people get to know Ashlyn and and hear uh, her background and, and her thoughts on the Flyers so far. So looking forward to that as well. But Joe, thank you again, as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Rallying. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.